This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 83 of Go To Grandma, which is airing March 11th at 7.30 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. I'm Kathy Buckworth, your go-to grandma, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. I promise to give you the fun and facts you can use as we face the world as today's grandparents or grandparent wannabes, and I know there are a lot of those who listen to the show. Welcome. Today, we are all about giving and receiving. As a grandparent, we know the best thing we can give our grandkids is love, and the best thing we get back is their love in return. The first time they say grandma... If you know, you know. Sharing our experience and advice with them, also priceless. But what isn't priceless, and is in fact the biggest investment we all make, is our family home. And as possible empty nesters, we are perhaps considering downsizing from the big family home at the same time as our kids and their growing families are looking at getting into somewhere bigger. Real estate broker Lisa Bednarski joins me today to share what's happening in the market right now with both the buying and selling of family homes. We are lucky if we have a home to consider buying or selling, and if we're in a position to literally share the wealth, we should. I have Shannon Craig from Canada Helps on the show to tell us how this unique charity organization works to help other Canadian charities and the causes they support, giving and taking. On our Take 5 with RBC interview today, I talk with Leanne Kaufman of Royal Trust about what we should be considering when we appoint someone to hold power of attorney over our health care. Have you planned out how you will be cared for should you become incapacitated? Have you appointed someone to be responsible for this? You've been giving all of your life. It's time to make sure you receive the best of care. And it's time for me to receive the best of my coffee, as I hope you have yours as well, or whatever beverage you want to imbibe in as you sit back and receive the fun and facts we are giving out today. Lisa Bednarski is up with her real estate advice and market assessment first. Lisa Bednarski is a top realtor with the Brell team in Toronto, providing her clients with buying and selling solutions in a constantly evolving and very dynamic market. After a quarter century as a public relations executive, she made a career pivot more than five years ago and hasn't looked back, turning a lifelong obsession with all things real estate into a new profession. Her grandparents, Joe and Dorothy, Julian and Lila, would be proud. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks for coming on Go-To Grandma this morning. I'm happy to be here. So the family home, the real estate market, I'm an empty nester now. It was delayed a couple years by the pandemic, but finally all they're all gone. So I'm looking at my family home thinking I should get out of this. At the same time that my daughter and son-in-law and their kids just got into the market. So there's a lot, I think I'm not dissimilar and that's happening right now. Am I right? Yes, very much so. So there's a lot going on right now. So I have a few questions about the market. You're going to help us through this family home market. So interest rates are all over the news. As parents and grandparents, can we give our kids and grandkids looking to buy their first home? What kind of advice can we give to them in this environment? I think there's some really good advice that you can give them based on your experience. So you can help them put it in context. The mortgage brokers I speak with, they're telling me that rates aren't coming down Probably late 2023 is a best case scenario, but more likely 2024, and they might even go up a tad more. So somehow the low pandemic era 
the low pandemic era interest rates were normalized and people didn't see them for what they were, which was a once in a lifetime event. Mm. So your listeners can really put that in perspective. Yes, rates are higher than the record lows of the past few years. But in his, but from a historical point of view, they're still relatively low. So it's really good to have that perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And it's also important for buyers to understand and remember you date the rate but you're marrying the price oh i like that (laughs) yeah and anybody who thought that they were out of the market last year because um, prices had taken such a steep increase almost a year of those price gains were erased between april and december of last year and most of that happened april through june So prices stabilized in January and February, but that was mostly because of a lack of inventory. Mm -hmm. And there's typically more choice in spring. So we're thinking prices will be relatively flat, at least now through spring and summer. So that unattainable home last year has actually come down significantly. So yes, rates are higher and payments are higher. But if you're looking at a two or three year mortgage, that's temporary pain because you can refinance when rates come down. So there's a long-term gain of getting that family home, and you're dating that rate (laughs) short-term, but you're marrying the home for the longer term. Listen, I bought a house in Calgary in the early 1990s, and I think I paid 13 or 15% interest. Yeah. So I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So based on what's expected, and you've sort of just laid that out a little bit for us. So based on what's expected in the market this year, what advice would you have for first-time homebuyers looking to crack the market? I would say that you need to mostly remember that you're still not alone. So yes, buyers have been sitting back for the last little bit. You have to understand, Kathy, the market runs on sentiment. So as long as buyers think prices are still coming down, they will wait Mm -hmm. and they will sit back. But the instant that they start to sense that bottom has been hit, they will be back in the market. And if past is prologue, they will all come back at the same time. Real estate isn't just about facts and figures, right? It's about life and all its moments. So before, during, after the pandemic, people were, people were still falling in and out of love, having babies, dying, <laughs> having their parents move in. And every time the market pauses, all of that demand builds up. So, you know, there was almost 50,000 fewer homes sold in 2022 than in 2021. So there are a lot of buyers. Some have already come back into the market, but there are a lot of buyers out there waiting to jump back in. And once the media says we've hit bottom, we'll already be on the upswing. If people wait, they will miss it. So, you know, I'm telling friends and family, my colleagues are telling friends and family that between now through probably fall is when prices will be flat. But the minute that buyers start to gain a bit of confidence, they think interest rates are stabilizing, We think there will be a significant uptick in activity. And then, you know, as I said, everyone will be back all at once. So I think that now is a really good time to be looking at uh, what you want to do as a first-time homebuyer. So interesting. I love all of that advice. And so on the flip side of the coin, considering the state of the market, should me as a potential downsizer, should I be considering a move now or later? I know it's like looking at a crystal ball, but what would you recommend to anyone considering downsizing? Yeah, well, I'm telling anybody who will listen to me that my (laughs) crystal ball is broken and smashed on the ground (laughs) after COVID. But I think that downsizers 
you know, you need to remember you missed February 2022, and those prices aren't coming back for a while. But again, let's put that in context. You're missing a huge spike and drop in the marketplace. But if you've been in your home for a long time, you're missing a three-month window where things went crazy. You've still accumulated a lot of equity in your home. So the three things that you want to ask yourself when you're looking at downsizing, you know, it's important. There are the three things that are important to know. You want to know your why. Do you need the money? Do you need the equity? Has the house become too much? You know, is there a way to age in place? Or do you want to um, sell and move into something smaller? And two things about that. Nobody is selling their home until they know their where, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to know where you're going to go. That is an important decision in whether or not you're going to downsize. It's where you are going to do next. And it's also really important, and I've seen this, you know, firsthand with people I love, you need to know what you're going to do instead. So a lot of the time that you spend in your home entertaining with the neighbors, doing your garden, what are you going to do with that time instead? What new hobbies will you pick up? And the other thing is, you know, you want to know your how. So are you going to to downsize? Are you going to do it yourself? Are you going to outsource? Are you going to involve your friends and family? And that takes a plan. So it's really important to start that ball rolling, even if you're not thinking of downsizing for the next year, two, three years. Start thinking about what you need to do now to get ready for that. I love all of that. It's like that why, where, what, how of getting out of the market. Yeah. And if we want more information, of course, we can follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Bednarski, Instagram and Facebook the same. Such great advice today. I love that you, you're right. It's not just about the buying and selling. It's about life and emotion and everything that goes with it. And I really appreciate that spin on it. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. I enjoyed it, Kathy. Shannon Craig is a seasoned marketer with over 25 years of experience. Shannon has led the marketing team at Canada Helps for over seven years and brings experience from working at leading brands and technology innovators, including eSight Eyewear, Kobo, Wind Mobile, FedEx, and Lego. Good morning, Shannon. Thanks so much for being on GoToGrandma this morning. Thank you for having me. So Canada Helps, please tell me and our listeners what Canada Helps is all about. Okay, well, Canada Helps is a charity, and we offer a one-stop shop where Canadians can donate or fundraise for any registered charity in Canada. We also, as a charity, our mission is really to connect Canadians to the charities and causes that they care about, as well as to ensure that small charities in particular have access to the digital tools they need to succeed in today's digital world. And so it's about uh, 26,000 of Canada's charities. So about 30% of charities are relying on our tools to fundraise online today. That's amazing. And I noticed on your website, too, that there's actually 86,000 charities that are registered through you as well. In total, Mm -hmm. you're talking about the 26,000 that rely on your fundraising technology. So you're really helping charities be successful. We're helping charities be successful, but and then, of course, really helping Canadians Mm -hmm. connect with charities as well. And that's where they can give to any of those 86,000 charities. And uh, I, I can mention we've been around for over 20 years. We've been around since 2000. Over 3.8 million Canadians have given through Canada Health, and they've given over $2.5 billion to charities across Canada. Wow, that's amazing. And that's terrific. And so it makes it easy, right, for us to be charitable. And one of the things you've done recently is to start something called Make It Monthly. So tell me a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. So March is Make It Monthly. So thank you. It's exciting day today, um, kicking off the month with Make It Monthly. And really what this is, it's an opportunity for Canadians to make a new monthly gift to a charity that they care about. And if that donation is a $20 um, donation or higher, Canada Helps will match their donation. Wow. Exactly. So up to $20. And really what we're doing is we're trying to bring awareness that that uh, monthly giving is so important. It really helps charities to plan. It really helps them to have a predictable type of revenue that's coming in so they can most effectively spend and plan for the year to have the maximum impact. But it's also really great for Canadians to not wait till always the last minute tax time, but to be giving continuously and feel how good it feels to give, um, knowing that you're supporting an organization that you care about monthly. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that way before, that it's for our budget as well. We know how much we're giving in charity. But also, you're right, the charities, it's hard to plan if they're coming in lump sums and you never know what's coming, but they can rely on that sort of steady revenue every month. Exactly. It also, you know, even it, I think it even affects their fundraising and how and when they know you're committed to them, maybe you'll see a few less ass. And what you're going to see mm. is really them telling you about the work your dollars are doing, how they're using it, the impact they're having. They'll go deeper on their programs often. Yeah. And, you know, we can find all this information on just relay the website, which is CanadaHelps.org, in case anyone's listening and wants to follow along and see on your website everything that's going on. I'm talking with Shannon Craig, who's the director. And what are some of the ways families and kids can get involved in charitable giving, Shannon? There are so many. You know, I really feel it's so important to really help to build compassion, empathy, and kindness in in children in particular. At a young age, it's really setting the stones for their future generosity. And the biggest thing is simply start talking about Mm -hmm. giving. I think so often we can keep our giving life a secret. And if we can talk about what matters and really talk about, you know, possibly, you know, the situations of other individuals, the causes that are in front of us, that's a starting point. But giving is such a great way to start those conversations. So one of my favorite ways that I've really used extensively is giving of charity gift cards. So Canadians can purchase a charity gift card at Canada Helps of whatever denomination they choose. They choose the creative, the amount, and they can make that a gift to a child and put it in their stocking stuffer. And what it allows them to do is these feel-good gifts really are something that together with if it's a very young child or if it's a teenager, they can do on their own. But effectively, they can come to Canada Helps. They can come and learn about all of the causes, find one that matters to them, and then they can donate those funds to the charity that they care about. And it really gives them, gets them into really understanding all the various challenges that different people face in our world and in our communities. I think that's a great idea. I didn't know you could do that, actually give a charity gift card. And I think what you just said about having the conversations with our kids is so important. I know that when sometimes the doorbell will ring and someone will be collecting for something and will decline, and my kids would say, well, why wouldn't you support that? And I'd say, oh, because we support all these other charities already and realizing that they didn't know actually the other things that we were doing. So you're absolutely right. Have the conversations about where you want to donate your dollars to. And even just, and then going on and asking them, what do you care about? What do you see about in this world? Because, mm-hmm. you know, what's really interesting is, you know, when we look at some of the research, many of people in my generation as an exer, we, we tend to give to a lot of the same organizations that our parents did. Yep. But what we're seeing with younger Canadians is that they're really choosing differently. They're really independent thinkers, and they may not follow exactly in their parents' footsteps. And that's one of the reasons why we actually launched a new brand from Canada Helps called Unite for Change that's specifically for younger Canadians. 
And what it does is it really, it, everything is about causes. So we, they're cause funds. So we group together charities all working to address particular causes because that's really the level that um, younger Canadians often want to look at. And so if they're interested in, um, you know, whether it's helping humanitarian crisis that's resulted as, uh, from the Ukraine war, mm-hmm. you know, really getting involved in Indigenous People Solidarity Fund, you know, so there's social justice issues, um, helping people experiencing homelessness. There's a way to do that where a single donation can help support the collective work of many organizations doing great work to advance on that cause. So interesting. What about the state of the charitable sector right now, Shannon? How, how is it coping given rising costs of inflation, you know, the pressure that a lot of people are under right now with their dollars? Excellent question. Really, it is a time for anyone who's able to really support the sector. What we look at when we look at the data is just in the December, we did an Ipsos poll. And what we found is that over from one year's time, the number of Canadians needing to turn to charities to meet their basic needs grew from 14% to 22%. Wow, And it's an, an extraordinary demand on charities. And that demand, when we did our, our last survey of charities, we found that 59% of charities are currently unable to meet demand. Just 27% are able to meet demand. And why is that? It's because when the pandemic strike, the great majority of charities saw a spike in demand. And for most, that spike in demand became a new normal. And for a very significant chunk of them, that demand has continued to grow with inflation. Mm. And so really there's, you know, those dollars are going right into programs and hard at work just to serve people that are in need at this point in time. I think you raised an excellent point earlier too to say, you know, ways to get our kids and grandkids engaged is really to talk to them about the types of causes they want to support and have those conversations. Are you seeing sort of in your research to discover any particular sort of sectors that people were more interested in donating to today versus like 20 years ago? Interesting. So we do see some differences in terms of one of the things that we see with younger Canadians, climate, of course, mm-hmm. climate is important to everyone, but climate really is most important for younger Canadians, really rises to the top more significantly. We also see social justice causes. So, you know, what was really incredible, we did some some work to analyze who gave to our Black Solidarity Fund when that was launched shortly after the George George Floyd headlines. And, you know, what was usually giving, we, we, we track something called the giving gap. Giving is actually falling. Fewer Canadians are donating and claiming their donations on their charitable receipts. It's falling to a larger group, a smaller group of aging donors that are giving more. And so engaging younger Canadians is so very important. But what we saw when it came to, you know, our Indigenous People Solidarity Fund, our Black Lives Matter Fund, and so forth, that it's younger Canadians and diverse Canadians that are really showing up for these funds. And that's a really exciting learning because we really know when we talk about social injustices, that is a way and that's the way into the heart of many younger Canadians. That's such great information. If we want to find out more, we can go to CanadaHelps.org. Of course, you're on social media at Canada Helps, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for this today, Shannon. Thank you for having me. Leanne Kaufman is the president and CEO of the Royal Trust Corporation of Canada and the Royal Trust Company. She is responsible for the strategy and overall management of RBC Royal Trust, which provides wealth protection and transfer solutions across generations to high net wealth Canadian families. A lawyer by profession, Leanne is the author of the fourth edition of the Executor's Handbook, a contributor to various publications on the topic of estates and trusts, 
and the host of RBC Wealth Management's Matters Beyond Wealth podcast. Good morning, Leanne Kaufman. Thanks so much for coming back on GoToGrandma to take part in our Take 5 with RBC interview. And today we are talking about how RBC Wealth Management Canada is supporting their clients' healthy aging through strategic partnerships. Thanks for having me again, Kathy. So RBC Wealth Management has formed strategic partnerships aimed at helping clients navigate and prepare for aging-related decisions and late life events. Tell us a bit about why you've entered into this space. Well, we've been mindful for a number of years of the impact that the aging demographic is going to have on our clients and their lives. But then when COVID intervened, it really drew so much attention to the impact of health and caregiving and where we live as we age. And our clients started to tell us that these were issues that were important to them. Uh, we hear it through survey results. We hear it through, we see it through the kinds of in- engagement that they're having with content that we're, that we're creating for them. And, you know, so they were really creating demand for more resources and education regarding um, the impact that healthy aging will have on, on their future lives. We believe that, you know, you can't have wealth without your health and you can't have, you know, your health can certainly be impacted by your wealth. So we see a clear connection between what we do and supporting our clients in this regard. And we really want to help clients make the most of their senior years. And uh, and we believe that, you know, being educated and then planning is a really important part of all of that. Absolutely. So tell me more about the organizations you have chosen to partner with. Well, our our first engagement was with the National Institute on Aging, and that really stemmed in the heart of the early days of of the COVID pandemic because there was uh, so much focus on things like the long-term care facilities and and the the disproportionate impact of COVID on um, our older Canadians. So we wanted to partner with uh, the National Institute on Aging because they really do help build awareness around financial incapacity and estate planning, but also all healthcare-related um, matters from a policy perspective. So they were a great source of information for our clients. We've also been long-standing partners with the Women's Brain Health Initiative, and the goal here is to bring attention to women specifically, better being able to better understand their brain health and how the choices that they make early in their lives can impact the health of their brain later in life. And then more recently, we partnered up with Elder Caring Inc. We wanted to um, bring our clients resources about caregiving and, and things tied to, you know, both the, the clients themselves and their family members responsible for caregiving. And, and now I know there's a long list here, but the most recent one being the Women's Age Lab mm-hmm. um, at Women's College Hospital, we're very excited to partner with. And so it's a research center that's focusing on things like gendered ageism and the impact of specific drugs and research on women as opposed to, you know, just broader based non-gendered research. So lots of great stuff happening. Lots of great stuff. And unfortunately, no one really knows how they will age. So what advice can you give listeners when it comes to having a plan to help ensure that they can age where and how they want to? I think that, again, you know, as I sometimes say in our conversations, it starts with education. Mm -hmm. It's being aware of what the options are, what some of the issues are that you might have to consider. You know, we certainly can't plan for every eventuality as we age, but with enough education, we also don't need to be totally off guard when some of these things arise. So planning for things like, you know, 
talking to your family about how you would like to be cared for if certain ailments were to fall upon you as you age. But then also the legal side of things. And, and I know we've talked before about powers of attorney, but having those, those formal documents in place is every bit as important. You know, I think aging is a fact of life, but proactively building some awareness around it, talking about it, and then planning for it are some of the best ways that we can help our clients achieve peace of mind. Absolutely. And if we want to get more information on this, we could, of course, go to uh, RBC Royal Trust, which is at rbc.com slash Royal Trust, or your social media handles at RBC Wealth and RBC Wealth Management. Thanks again for this, Leanne. I always learn so much from you when we do these talks. Thank you. I always enjoy it too, Kathy. Take care. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Winston Churchill said that. Giving and receiving is something we all want to make sure our grandchildren know about and are gracious in both. Thanks to Shannon for helping us to get our grandkids into the charitable spirit. And to Lisa for her insights on how the real estate market gives as much as it takes. Next week on GoToGrandma, Instagram influencer and educator Tori Halpin is back on the show to school us grandparents on the gentle parenting movement. What is it and how can we support our kids in their parenting strategies and incorporate this style of parenting into our grandparenting? And family therapist Allison Schaefer tells us how to manage those sassy teen grandkids. What's our role in helping to manage some attitude adjustments? Did you overindulge your grandkids during the holidays? Or in fact, do you do it year round? How do you manage those big bills rolling in? And how can you stop spending? We have some good advice on how to deal with those bills on our next Take 5 with RBC interview. It's a show you won't want to miss, as they all are. But if you have skipped a few episodes, please visit zoomerradio.ca or your favorite podcast streaming service to make sure you get all the fun and facts today's grandparents need. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth. Or email her, kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.